Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Creative Podcast. I'm Ashton, your host, and it seems to me that you're enjoying this podcast or else why would you still be here? And if that is you, go ahead and leave a review. And if you really like it, drop a little comment in there about something you enjoy about it. That way the interwebs understands that this isn't just a weird piece of data launched out for nobody, but that somebody likes it. Thanks for doing that. Today's guest is a very fun one. I had a great time talking to him, and I think you'll enjoy it too. He was a football player at Missouri Southern State University, a left tackle in fact, which is one of the big guys who protects the quarterback. We talked about what it takes to keep that much weight on, along with a few life changes and what it's like to be a gatherings director, whatever that means. To find out, here's Jarrell Jackson. If you could describe yourself, just so that anybody who doesn't know you, if you could describe yourself with three words, maybe phrases, three words or phrases, what might you say about yourself? Bro, I'm about to use so many words. This is Do crazy. Um, first of all, is dark chocolate. You know, yeah, I, I gotta rock with that because I'm a black man yep. and uh, I'm sweet. So like, I like I'll, dark That's chocolate. True. is like not overly sweet, but like you know, it's a it's yeah. a nice nice thing. It's good for you, just like me. It's like um, a, it's like a nice like. <laughs> It's a luxury taste. Yes, it's a lu- it's a luxury. I yeah. like that. Which I, I will forever I think, yeah, use I that. I don't think you would have necessarily said that, but I would describe you as luxury. Bro, I'm about to change my yeah. IG bio to luxury, bro. Oh god, straight up, it's a bunch of gold coins. <laughs> oh my god, it's all the emojis. Um, okay, so dark chocolate, dark chocolate. You got to rock with that. Um, I'd say secondly, I'd probably roll with. I like big words. Exuberant. Ooh, why not? You know. I, I mean, and that's just that's just the energy that I like always have yep. pretty much ninety seven to ninety five percent of the time. I think there's been one or two times because we've been around each other a lot. Yeah, there's been one or two times where we've been working on something, whether it was your internship when you were working at the church, mm-hmm. uh, that's here in Joplin, or if it was you know some other random times where you were kind of like maybe coming off of feeling really good yeah. and you hang a little low. Yeah. You know, you got your phone jamming some tunes and I can kind of tell like, oh yeah, Joe's tired right now. Yeah. <laughs> but even that is like 20% more energy than most people bring at their high. Right. So yeah, high energy. Yeah. Exuberance. Super, super high energy. Love it. Exuberance. Um, and then I actually, I got an award for this. I'm going to say teddy bear. Oh. There's a reason for that. I got an award. So exuberant dark chocolate teddy bear. I'm, I'm the exuberant dark chocolate teddy bear. That's player. marketing waiting to happen. Dog. Listen, IG bio about to change. Twitter bio about to change. <laughs> Facebook profile about to get done up. Help us, Lord. Man, listen. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but not so I I yeah, I work at Hill City Church. I'm a gatherings director there. And so we uh gatherings director essentially just means like leading worship and like yep. anything that happens in our gathering is like yeah. what I'm overseeing. That's cool. Which is it's been so much fun. I started that. In July of 2020, it's been a blast. Yeah. Um, and so we have a staff Christmas party, and at the Christmas party, we give out awards. <laughs> and what happens is our executive team goes thrift shopping for the most outrageous-looking random things that they could buy, and they buy them and then look at them all together like, okay, what is this award for based on what it looks <laughs> like and who gets it? And so my award was a light brown like bear mm-hmm. holding a pot of honey but it was a piggy bank and Ooh. so uh one of our executive team members katie she walks up she's like okay this award goes to and we're all just looking at it like this is weird and 
she's talking about it and she's like, teddy bear, voice that sounds like honey tastes, like whatever. And I'm just like, okay, this is a guy. I'm the only guy here who sings. This has got to be my award. And so essentially <laughs> I got an award for being a great hugger and somebody who cares for other people super well. And then my voice apparently sounds like honey, which I don't even know how to describe that. But yeah, well, I mean, since it's a podcast, people could probably shake their head. Yeah, it sounds like honey. Or <laughs> no, maybe we describe them more like as honey. Or they'd be like, "Nope, that's dark chocolate. Ooh, that's not honey. Exuberant dark chocolate teddy bear." People just turn the volume down in the car right now. After <laughs> <laughs> that, it's got real close, made with people real yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so hey, I wanted to ask you also about um, a little bit of your background. So I know that you played football in college. Yes, I did. Which is like. If people meet you today, they're like, I could see it because it's not like you're a small person. Right. Yeah. You know, but you're also you don't necessarily like well, I actually you kind of do. You kind of still fit the football player vibe where it's like, you know, fashionable walking off the airplane NFL style stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like not your not your college or high school football player where it's like you're just like you picked a brand like Adidas and you just wear Adidas. Nah, you know, it's man. like you. Yeah. You have a different style. So anyway, tell me a little bit about like football and and even some of the creative stuff that you had to go through playing football dude learning yeah. football interacting with people during football interviews you know whatever yeah so i mean first and foremost i started playing at six years old uh in just little you know peewee leagues back home in new orleans louisiana which is where i'm from six years old six foot tall 280 dude i wish yeah i'd be in the league right now <laughs> would have grown to seven two yep in the next shack just playing left tackle um so i was always a, i was always a bigger kid you know, back then they had weight classes for like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever age group you were in. And if yep. you exceeded the weight limit, um, then you could only play offensive line. Like that was it. And they would put the red tape of shame on oh. your helmet. So everybody knew this kid didn't make the weight limit. So this is why he has to Dang. play this position. So that was me every single year of well, Pee Wee football. If you're going to be a tackle in the, in the league, in the NFL or something like I mean, I guess it's a good look. It's a good look if that's what you're looking if towards. That's what you want. But Man, like, listen, that's not usually where you get paid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, no, I, I'll actually, I'll say. If the you're a tackle. Maybe. Yeah. If you're a left tackle, you're making some bread. You got to protect. But guards? Blind side. I think guards and centers make less. I think. Um, well, centers don't. Centers make a decent bit. It just depends. I think it depends on how good the center, the center is. Yeah. But I think the left tackle is still the most high, the high, the highest paid position on the offensive line. I mean, they're all making millions of dollars. So what are right. we talking about? I mean, about? I don't make anywhere near that. <laughs> no. So uh, they're all living yeah. better than I am. Shout out to uh, O-Lyman putting on for the squad. But yeah, so I was always an O-Lyman. I played D-Line once in high school. I was terrible at it. They put me right back on O-Line. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't chase anybody down. I was too slow. Yep. Um, so I get to college and I'm at Missouri Southern uh, Division II school. Um, loved my time there. It was great. But yeah, learning new systems was was wild. When I got there my freshman year, it was like, you know, we ran the same system that I ran in high school. So it was like, okay, pretty easy. I don't yeah, have to be nice. super big. Right. I was 245, like continuity and plays is dude, super nice. Yeah. Same techniques. Like it was all the same scheme. Just like, hey, we're gonna hand the ball off almost every play. We'll throw it here and there. Uh we we're four and seven that year. It was great. Well, let me just say this too. I think a lot of people say like, they're like, oh, you know, you got to play sports and go to college. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, because I did homework and I did field work and I did homework about what I was doing on the field. It's like, it's a lot of it work. It is a lot, yeah. It's and not just like, it's I, not that you're not working. It's correct. that you're working very specifically. Correct, yes. And it's almost year-round. You know, for the entire fall, I mean, I'm waking up early. I'm going to workouts. I'm going to all my classes. 
and I'm trying my best to excel in all of my classes because mm-hmm. if your grades drop, uh, so does your playing time and potentially your scholarship. So you're fighting in classes that get progressively more difficult as college goes on to, you know, rock with it and stick with the program. And then on top of that, you go through a full practice throughout the day uh, in the later half of the day, which is like two and a half, maybe three hours long, depending on NCAA rules or who wants to break those rules. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was a huge, huge, huge experience of just hard work and just trying to figure out, yeah. you know, yeah, how hard will you work for this, you know? And my biggest thing was just being the best player that I could have been. And so when I first got to college, I was like, yeah, I'm going to the NFL. <laughs> wow, that sailed real fast. <laughs> so by year two, um, between year one and two, I had to put on 35 pounds because mm-hmm. we got a new coach, which is a new offensive system, which mm-hmm. means I can't play at 245 anymore. Yep. So I got up to. So he wants you at 285. So that's what I started the season. Or 280, I, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I started the season about 280 and I got up to 295 by like week three or four. Yep. And I stayed there all year. And that's when I realized I don't want to do this for the rest of my life because I, I feel like trash. I don't want to this much. Dude. And work out this hard. So for the, for the comp, <laughs> for, for everybody who's listening who's never played a sport or who has played a sport and hasn't had to put on much weight, here is, here is my diet for the entire three months between freshman and sophomore year. Yep. Wake up, eat six eggs as soon as I get out of the bed. Mm-hmm. Go to weights. Cooked and or not cooked? Cooked. I'm, okay, like, I'm not gassed on. I'm not gassed on. I can't, I can't rock I'm it like a, that. I remember this uh, Hulk Hogan. I forget what this TV show was called. It was on MTV, but he'd eat an egg or whatever, and it was all. Dude. Anyway. But I'm like, yo. And then I've a, heard people do that. But That's a different ball game. Gross. I ain't got it like that. Maybe that's what the guys in the league are doing. Maybe that's why I didn't make it. Don't know. So you're eating six eggs in the morning. Six eggs in the morning. Uh, go straight to conditioning slash weights get back to the dorm, eat six more eggs, and drink a protein shake. Go to my first class, which is probably around eight something, which if it's summertime, it might be my only class. Um, go to class, leave class, go to lunch, eat until I'm absolutely full and can't eat another bite, and then drink two glasses of chocolate milk after that point. Go take a nap or go to my next class. How many calories do you think you would have eaten at lunch until you Listen, can't man. take it? I Are you talking like 3,000, 3,500. It depends. I wasn't counting calories. Yeah. I was just mainly like, okay, how much can I eat? Let's, let's, because uh, let's, let's uh, give me an equivalent of bowls of cereal. Bowl, bro. Like if you did I that used to pound some cereal. <laughs> that like would what? probably be, I mean, six bowls of cereal, maybe. Oh my God. So it's like six bowls of cereal and then so drink two glasses of chocolate milk after you eat the six bowls of cereal. Um, my stomach's growling right and now. Then lunch is over. It. Lunch is over. <laughs> yeah. And so then it's like, okay, go take a nap and sleep that off because mm-hmm. now I'm in a coma. Yep. Wake up for dinner and do the exact same thing I did at lunch. Oof. Go to bed, wake up the next morning and do it all over again. That was three months of my life. So a lot of people <laughs> are like, man, I'm surprised. Like your heart's okay. It's like, Number one, I hope my heart's okay. You probably need to go to the doctor soon. <laughs> yeah. Number two, I haven't checked. Well, I was working out so hard. Like, I mean, you're conditioning, you're lifting weights. Like, that was the strongest I'd ever been, you know? Well, being so, active is a lot more important than diet as far as being in your 20s as far as heart health. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're 50, 40, you know, 40, 50, even maybe 30s, like diet begins to play a lot bigger role. Yeah. And still doing cardio. And right. Metabolism heart slows heart down, yeah. like all that stuff. So, yeah, the food sticks to you longer and all those things. But, you know, I'm a doctor, so I'm really important. <laughs> so I know all these things from Googling. Well, Dr. Edwards, <laughs> Dr. Edwards. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I don't think that's going to fly. No. <laughs> don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, that, yeah, dietary wise, even like that was what it was for months and months. And so, after that season, I 
basically lost almost all that weight. I got back down to 270, got back up to 285, and then came in senior year at 260 with very upset coaches because they did not want me that small and got back up to 285 mm-hmm. by midseason and then finished out and then was like, okay, thanks for playing. See you. It's like, what do I do with all this weight? <laughs> you know, like it's, right. they stack it on you, but nobody tells you how to get rid of it. Nobody tells you, hey, here's your plan for like, you know, your health moving forward. It's just like, hey, yeah. you played a great four years. Thanks a ton. See you later. You know, in middle school, I think it was eighth grade when um, this guy came. He played for the Packers. Okay. Um, and he was my PE teacher in eighth grade. And he was like, you would have never guessed he was a lineman. Because really? he's like, I mean, he's probably six foot four or five, maybe. Oh, he's tall. Um, and, well, maybe not. I was in eighth grade, so everything's relative. <laughs> right? Everybody's a skyscraper. He was probably like 30 point. feet tall, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the dude probably only, I mean, he was slender. He went backpacking. He looked like your typical, like, uh, Colorado like you dress funny, but you're skinny and active yeah. year mm-hmm. round kind of person. So he, I mean, he was really, really in good shape. I mean, he's teaching PE. He's not just a lug, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, he, he had talked about his diet and he said he used to eat Taco Bell seven times a day. And then he would change to a different restaurant and he would eat Wendy's seven times a day. Bro. So he was like, he was basically just ordering whatever's on the menu or he'd find like the cheapest thing and be like, I need 30 uh, double cheeseburgers. Goodness gracious. And it's like, oh my gosh, that sounds That's terrible. Frightening. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I, think I would like eating anymore. And that sounds really sad to me because I love eating. Dude. Yeah. That, uh, it's, it's, you know, honestly, that's the surprising thing because eggs are still my favorite thing to eat, even though I ate a dozen a day for three months. It's bad memories. Dude. It makes you, it's contrast. <laughs> makes I the think, rest of your day feel better. <laughs> I think had I, had I, eating so much that it made me sick or yeah. something. I like had a bad experience. It'd be different, but dude, eggs are my favorite thing. I eat eggs all the time. Yeah. I, I, maybe that just groomed me to be. Yeah. Might've just worked. This champion egg eater. I don't know. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So what, what other, we were talking earlier about, uh, like press conferences, dude. Yes, fill yeah, me yeah. in on, uh, Man. on some of that stuff. Cause I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. Yeah. Cause press conferences like, so I remember when I got to do my first one, and it was midweek. It was like a Wednesday. That's when, you know, the press comes in. And at a Division two school that at the time was losing way more games than winning, um, there wasn't many people in the room, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was just like you got a couple school reporters, somebody from the paper from in town, which is Joplin, Missouri. So it's not a big town. And then your coach is there because he's got to talk. And then you. And so uh, I get up there and they're just asking me about, just random stuff. Uh, they'll ask you about, they'll ask you about your own teammates, mm-hmm. assuming that you're going to like talk smack on them. And it's like, no, like even if I hate this guy, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk him up. Like we yeah. want to, want to win this game. We don't want anybody to think that we're losers, you know? Yeah. Uh, even though we, at the time were <laughs> by record losers. Hey, which, you know, at the time of recording this today, they, they won their game they just, yesterday. Hey, they just won. They are one and oh for so the first time in a few years. In a weird spring season post hey. coronavirus. So. Yeah. But a win's a win, and we'll take it. Yeah, they they won by a point. Apparently, it came down to the wire, and they they yeah. pulled through. So shout yeah. out to shout out to the Moso Lions right now. They're doing great. Yeah, I saw a story where they did the victory formation, and it was like, yeah, that's a good play. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody loves that play. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, the reporters will try to get you to dog your teammates, and if they catch you after a game, they might catch you like right after the game when you're exhausted and. 
Yeah, best time to have a conversation. Oh, so like, such a great time. As soon as you've done a three-hour workout. Exactly. Yeah. Worked out for three hours, and it's like, yep, let's let's go talk to this guy about this game. Let's go on and a the date. first thing they great. ask you is, how do you feel about the loss? What do you mean, how do I feel? We just lost. And most of our losses were blowouts. Yeah. I remember one year, UCM put 72 <laughs> points on us, and I'm sure they broke some of their school records in that oh, game because no. it was insane. And I'm just like, well, I'm glad I don't have to do this interview, you know. And you're on the O-line, so you're pretty much just not on the field. I mean, if <laughs> they're scoring 72 points, yeah, there, there's not much that I'm I'm doing yeah. as far as. You're not tired. You're just mad. My role. Yeah. You, you want to play, you know. Yeah. It's like, I'm just back on the sideline. Okay, cool. Um, and what, what sucked is we put up 35, which at the point at that time was the most points we put up all year. And so yeah. we're offensively, we're like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. And then we look at their score, and it's like, wow, this really yeah. sucks. We PR'd, but <laughs> not in a good way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, some some uh, reporters are really cool, though. I will say, I got a homie uh, who's out in Wisconsin now, George Belecki. Shout out to George if he's hearing this. Uh, but he was always awesome. I mean, he was one of the guys that, like, you can grab a beer with that cat, like, later in the week if you wanted to. And that dude was pretty su- sweet to kick it around and hang with. Um, but man, some of the, some of the school guys are just like, why are you asking me questions that make absolutely no sense? How am I supposed to know what their receivers are going to do? Yeah. I play offensive line for a different team. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking at the offensive like, Well, all the them. tape that I watched on their receivers who I never on the field with at the same time. Exactly. I noticed that this guy likes to do a lot of double cuts. I was like, okay, <laughs> why would, why would you ever know that? I will, but I will say, honestly, like reading defenses, like I can do that now watching NFL ball mm-hmm. and watching college ball yeah. because of the film that we did have to sure. study. You know, we talk about, you know, being creative and like mm-hmm. looking at new ways to interpret that stuff. I had a coach, uh, Coach Blau, we can use his, his name because he was great. It was awesome. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's awesome. But he, uh, he would tell us like all these different tips of like, hey, if their defense is doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G, mm-hmm. that means they're going to do H, I, J, K, L, M, L, P. And it's just like, yeah. Oh, I never would have thought about that. And then you get in the game and exactly what he said. Total. So (laughs) all 26. Um, You get in the game and that happens exactly as we called it and exactly as we planned it. And it's just so crazy because it's like I never thought that going and watching film like that before that year could show so much because he just broke down everything that any other defense was going to do. This guy coached Kalecchio Simile at Iowa State. Oh, cool. And I'm just like, so you, like, day one, I'm like, okay, you know about O-Lyman. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to let you, I'm going to listen to you and, like, I'm going to let you do your thing. And you tell me what to do. I'll whatever do you tell me, I'm in, dude. <laughs> like, right. straight up. And, I mean, being able to call out blitzes and, like, mm-hmm. know when a D-line is about to do something crazy and be able to call yeah. it before it happens was so sweet. Yeah. And so, like, we lost a lot of games, but because of all of that, for the volume of passes that we had, we were top 10 in the country my junior year for sacks allowed per volume of pass attempts. So we, we throw the ball like 600 times in yeah. a year and like allow less than 20 sacks, which is insane because good for that's college. a, yeah. Now granted some games, multiple sacks are happening, which sucks. Uh, I felt victim to that once. <laughs> playing against some good guys, man. But how do you feel about the loss, dude? Uh, I allowed two sacks. I allowed two I'm sacks, out. and I it's probably shouldn't ever do anything. I did this. <laughs> probably should never play football again. Uh, these two sacks really just ruined my career. That's what they want you to say, though. Who knows what they want you to say, though? They want you, know? you to say something that when they ride it, they're like, "Jarrell Jackson spirals after horrible <laughs> loss, allowing two sacks, and his quarterback is killed." You know, dude, it's like they want something that's headlines. Listen, you know? man, that 
if they have to reach for the O lineman <laughs> and shaming that cat, yeah. there is no headline. There's no story. Yeah. Like, well, I'm a I'm a Denver Broncos fan, so and maybe uh, that's yeah. not totally the case at that level. <laughs> they're they're willing to shame anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any of the Broncos alignment now that I think about it. But yeah, Garrett Bowles is left tackle. Is he any good? Yeah, he's great. Sick. He's all pro. Oh heck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Everybody else is like new. Oh, yikes. No one cares about that. Well, hey, not right now. Well, the Chiefs had two new guys for the Super Bowl and we saw how that turned out. So and then they let their two other guys go. So good luck. they got Kyle Long, which is a huge deal. Yeah. So shout yeah. out to them. All my friends. <laughs> all those guys i know that i talk about you know yeah exactly <laughs> always, my wife always makes fun of me because when you know i talk to my friends about football sometimes she's like you don't know any of those people <laughs> you never like you know it's a classic non-sport yeah not well not they make fun of the people who watch sports but aren't right. playing sports because you're an adult now yeah but i mean at very the same- few people get paid to play sports as an adult <laughs> yes that is very true you know? yeah okay point i think Point three percent or point zero three percent make it to the NFL out of all the football players. So yeah, uh, one other thing I wanted to chat with you about that about that's really interesting to you specifically yeah. as a person is so you played football yeah and you were a football guy yep and in college you kind of came to faith in a in a in a more real way right yes yeah in a more ownership standpoint yes. yeah and so you know that's kind of one of those things where you're like okay I'm living this life I don't want to do that anymore you come to uh, Christian faith, you become that, and then you get really serious in that, and so now that leads you to where you are today. Yeah, which is you know that's pretty much where I met you as as soon as that decision had happened, mm-hmm. um, where you started taking your faith seriously, and uh, now you're a worship pastor. Yes, so college football player, uh, college offensive lineman. Yeah, um, now you are a worship pastor that holds a guitar and does the classic fine artsy type of stuff yeah but i'm curious not just to say okay now tell me about that but is there anything that's like unique that's cool to you that maybe people would go oh yeah that is unique to jarell well of the experience that you bring from yeah all of not just football but all of who you were yeah all of who you who you have been up to this point that that even like you know either limits you or informs you to do things in a, a cool way or a special way like Share, share with me some of that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm just curious. Before I get into that, I was just so inspired by High School Musical and Troy Bolton. I'm just yeah, kidding. That's right. Uh, definitely just joking. Nah, so Never I, <laughs> you, you're not missing much. Okay. <laughs> so I got baptized at seven years old, grew up in the church, and it was a very different church than like the church that I'm leading worship at now. Yeah. So being from New Orleans, heavy black community, mm-hmm. like Baptist church, you know, somebody's on an organ, you might have a drum kit, there's yeah. always a choir. Church lasts almost all day, mm-hmm. it feels like. It just goes so long. Which as a kid, you're rolling your eyes, but as an adult, right. you're I'm, like, that's an awesome time with social. Exactly. Like, hanging yeah. up with your friends. Ex- and, dude, absolutely. You know. I love it now yeah. as an adult. I'm like, man, church can go longer. That'd be great. Sure. So for me, in that whole experience, it was, it was crazy. I think what's unique to me specifically is how I can relate to people who are in that now. You know, when I was coming up, you know, yeah, I went to church and like I was a believer, but I wasn't like truly living like I should have been, of course, you know? Sure. I mean, my faith was basically my parents' faith. I was just going to church because they made us go. If I had a yeah. choice, I probably wouldn't have gone. I think that's a lot of people's stories. Right, you yeah. Know? And so I get to college, and my whole first fall, I'm like, I don't have any friends. I want to fit in with the football team. Let's just get crazy. And I party and sleep around, you name it, like everything yeah. that you could possibly do in college is happening. Swing except, the pendulum. Except drugs. Didn't do drugs, which is like 
sweet. Yeah. But well, you're um, not going to be a good football player if you do that either. So you still got to maintain that well, too. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so we're doing. All, I'm doing all of that stuff, and then yeah, I partied super hard one night, uh, and then I woke up the next morning and just felt this huge weight of like shame yeah. and conviction, and it, it came out of nowhere. It literally mm-hmm. smacked me in the face, <laughs> and I haven't told a whole bunch of people this story. I don't think, but I woke up that morning and literally audibly heard a voice saying, this isn't who I've called you to be, you gotta come back. And I was just like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. A few minutes ago, I got a text message inviting me to like the college administrator at College Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Upper Room, plug. And um, I wound up going that night, it was Sunday night, and I wound up going, and it was great. And I almost was just like, oh, I'm just go back to campus afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, white church is weird, you know? Cause like I'd never <laughs> been to a church that was like a, the contemporary, yeah. like modern worship well, style. Well, as a white person who's been in the that type of church my whole life it is weird (laughs) (laughs) i i accept that and it is weird and it's you know i'm always i'm someone who's always willing to say how could we make this not less weird but Mm -hmm. more inclusive if that means we sacrifice something so so that someone else is able to understand or belong yeah like let's do that and i think it takes steps as far as practice is concerned correct not as far as like we don't believe that anymore. You know? Right, yeah. And there's steps to it. I remember, I mean, my mentor that I had in college, Josh, uh, he told me once when I was like- Wait, Is that that bald guy? Yeah, that that dude uh, Josh, with, the, with the big forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Quaddy. Yeah, Josh yeah. with the- <laughs> Shout out to Quaddy, man. He's Quaddy. not actually bald. We're just roasting him. Yeah, we always do. He hates it. We love him still. It's great. Yeah. But uh, he, I remember him telling me once, like, hey, man, it kind of sucks that you have to forget everything that you knew about church yeah. to fit in here. Mm-hmm. But at the time, there was nothing that we could have done about it. Sure. You know, it's the culture of the church that it had been. And I'm not the majority. I'm in the minority, like, significantly. Like, yeah. there's, like, no black people at right. College Heights. And if they are, they're not from America usually. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I think that's great. But yeah. as far as just, like, you know, what culture looks like in that, mm-hmm. that was super difficult to try to navigate. And so for me, it was, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I feel like this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks that I do have to like, you know, almost abandon what I've known about how churches operate. Right. But at the same time, like if this is where I'm going to grow, this is where I'm going to grow. Because yeah. I mean, what I knew about the church and how it operated, I wasn't, I personally was not growing in that. I'm not saying that yeah. growth can't happen there. I sure. just was not growing. Yeah. And so. Um, well, I think we're all numb to the thing that we started with because it's the only thing you knew. So it's normal. Yeah. And so it's easy to just assume, oh, that's the way it is. Yes. And so it doesn't it doesn't inspire critical thinking. Correct. Which I think critical thinking isn't necessarily being negative, but it's like realizing something is true and being able to arrive there on on your on your own. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, which I think is a better description of people saying, I just had my parents' faith. And it's like, well, no, you just had a normal thing. Correct. And as soon as that was challenged, then you realize, no, I do or don't believe this. Right, exactly. And you have to really, really make that decision, like in that moment, even. And if you hesitate on it, it won't either. It won't get made, or you just don't believe it. Which is, it's whatever it is to that person that that applies to, you know. So for me, I was like, no, I believe this, but I'm not modeling this at all. And so it's 2015 now, and I'm like, okay, um, I. I'm growing. I want to stay connected. I was going to go to like South Padre Island for spring break. I wound up going on a mission trip to Las Vegas with College <laughs> Heights, which was super dope. Met so many great people. Yeah, that's cool. And even in the midst of all that, I'm like, okay, how else can I like serve here? Like what, what yeah. like we talked about serving so much. I was like, okay, so what can I do? What do I offer? Yep. And the coolest thing about growing up in the church that I, culture that I grew up in is that I was always in choirs. Like I knew how to sing, which was pretty sweet. So I was like, okay, 
we can maybe do that. But I also remember that my uncle had given me a bass guitar a few years prior and was like, yeah, learn how to play it and it's all yours. I'm just like, yeah. okay, sweet. So I had it with me in college and I was like, you know what? I've taught myself how to play this. Like I can play this a little bit. Like, maybe I can start solving bass. I think yeah. that'd be sweet. I think that's how I met you. Because I'm like, bass is my main instrument. Yeah. Like that's like, like I, I've played a lot of other instruments, but like I love playing bass guitar. It's so much it's, fun. You know, every guitar player is like, oh, I can play bass. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> Shush, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know, but you know, you know, as a bass player, you're like, it's fun. It's, you know, it's really dude, good. It's so freeing. But that's, just I just realized I hadn't even thought about that, but mm-hmm. that's where I had initially met you. It was like, Hey, who's that dude? I'm going to yeah. go introduce myself. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. I remember the first time I served was at the upper room that was at the North end zone facility, which was at Missouri Southern. So it was like yeah. playing football and inviting football players to come to the college age ministry and then serving in that ministry. Yeah. Like not even like I look back now, like that could have potentially been like, you know, something super monumental for somebody who yeah. didn't think that they had a spot in the quote unquote white church. Cause totally. to be honest, like it's very difficult to envision yourself somewhere in general when there's no yeah. representation of right. yourself in that. And it takes creative thinking to see how you bring yourself to that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, it was like, if I want to be involved and invested here, what can I bring to the table? Well, mm-hmm. I play an instrument and I know I can serve on this instrument. So let's yeah. bring that. And so for a couple of years, I just played bass, man. It yeah. was, that was it. I was just on the bass guitar, just yeah. real comfortable, chilling. But and, being you and, and building oh. relationships, because like, like, you know, we described you with a few words at the beginning of this, but if we use those words to like bring that person into mm-hmm. just showing up yeah. and just being a part of a community, regardless of faith, you know, whatever, like even if you did that just at school in a club or whatever, you're going to bring creatively yourself to, to that, you know, it's like, you bring who you are mm-hmm. to that community, but it's not always glamorous. You know, we look at, we think we look at creative it's thinking and glamorous. We look at creativity and it's always the output. It's the, you know, multi-million or billion dollar movie. It's the, you know, the artist who sells this or that. It's the, uh, you know, if you're into crypto, the NFT, I don't know if you know what that is, but no clue. NFTs, you know, I could explain it. Look it up. If you, if you don't know what it is, look it up. I'm not going to talk about it. It's nerdy stuff, but basically, you know, it's, it's, it's all of these things that are like cool. They're a great, cool product, but people are only looking at the deliverable, not the process. Correct. And the process is ugly a lot of times. Yeah. The process and, for me was learning. And nominal. Boring. Yeah. It can be a lot of things. Yeah. Learning how to play a bass and yeah. like even trying to learn scales on that sucker and just like yeah. know what I'm doing on it and like right. learning how to transpose music at some point. Like, yeah. you know, I was... I mean, even my majors in school were super wild. I was an engineering major for two years and was just like, mm-hmm. wow, this is miserable. And then I went music ed and was like, wow, this is going to take me five more years. Yeah. Can't do that. Okay, now let's just go general studies. And that's what I graduated with. But yeah. like in the midst of all that, I feel like, you know, there was a purpose for all of those things. Sure. Because being in that, like music education, for example, taught me so much about music that I then applied to what I was already trying to do. Yeah. And so for me, like serving in the church and where that came from and how I got to this point, it kind of happened significantly the summer of 2017, it was going into my last season of football, but I didn't go to summer training. I had gotten encouraged by some friends that prior semester to apply at CIY and go intern with them for a summer and like, you know, go tour with move or whatever. Yeah, or what have which you. CIY is a, a group that does conf- Christian conferences for youth, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so what they do is great. It's phenomenal. Uh, and they're really balling out right now, trying to make this summer even happen for yeah. students and things. And so, you know, I interned with them and I backstage managed and I was in Michigan one week and I just felt called like, you know, hey, 
you're either going to be out here with the students as a youth pastor or you're going to be on stage as a worship leader in some capacity, but like you need to go figure that out because those are the two things that you're called to. So, okay, cool. Like, that's great. And so I, <laughs> I immediately come back and I'm just like, all right, Lord, here we go. Yep. Youth team internship. Let's, let's figure out what that looks like. <laughs> Man, in the first two months of that internship, the high school pastor leaves. And so it's like, okay. So now I'm trying to play my last <laughs> season of football and I don't have no like specific direct instruction or direction with this mm-hmm. internship. And so it was a really interesting time period. But what wound up happening was it was like, hey, like, you know, if you can make sure that uh, worship gets, you know, scheduled and planned and yeah. it operates well for, you know, the high school ministry, then that that, that will be your internship. I was like, okay, sweet. Like, I'm, I'm already playing bass. Yeah. Like, I'm serving in that ministry. When anyway. they threw you into something that you'd not done before. Never. No. And so you're immediately uncomfortable. Absolutely. Which I think is an extremely key part. That Like, this is one of those things that, like, when you hear someone say it, you're like, duh, of course I know that. But then you look at your own situation. It's mm-hmm. hard to back up even. I'm not even talking the 30,000 foot. Like, where am I at? Yeah. I'm talking just back up like two steps. Right. It's hard to look at it and be like, this is weird. I'm not skilled at this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. But I trust that I've been brought to this moment. And I'll bring whatever creative thinking and experiences here. Right. And I might fail. Yeah. But that'll teach me. I think the toughest part about that, too, was being on a youth team where it's like, okay, how do we connect with, with students? And I'm just like, every idea that I had kind of related to, like, minority students sure. or just students who, like, grew up for, like, how I grew up because that was the only context that I had yeah. to go off of. And by so, nature, there's very few of them. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you're not really I mean, talking this, about them. It's a very sheltered, <laughs> right, it's a very sheltered community yeah. in general, yeah. and that's no disrespect to people who, like, choke to their kids and make sure, like, you know, they ease their kids into different things and stages of life. I think that's sure. super responsible. That's yeah. super great. But that wasn't like me, you know, mm-hmm. like, for example, like growing up, it's like, you can't listen to rap music, but here's all of these slow jams that are communicating <laughs> the exact same thing that rap music yeah. communicates, except in a way that you can actually understand. Sure. Because I couldn't understand how the rap music I was listening to. <laughs> and so it was just so crazy because, you know, that was my upbringing. So I'm just like, yeah, I know how to connect on that level. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, no, like, you know, these kids don't vibe into that and don't do yeah. all of that and aren't being exposed to everything that you've been exposed to. So You're bringing like, oh, trap geez, beats to bro. worship music. Bro, listen. People hey. are like, uh, <laughs> bro, we're <laughs> clapping on one, on one and three. <laughs> <laughs> two and four, two and four. Um, it's easy, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, my my experience for youth ministry was trying to connect to like, it was it was honestly like I was more set up to connect to like inner city kids or like yeah. kids who would have been through some stuff, you know? Which kind of pushed you to take the opportunity that you have now right where you're doing a in a way a church yeah. plant right so yeah. it's mm-hmm. how old is that church oh uh, we're four years old right now. no five years we're five years now yeah okay so four or five years old yeah and that's i don't know if anybody's ever launched something but four or five years is still very new very it's very young there's no like you might start to have some habits or traditions Correct. but probably you've changed scenery enough times yeah as it's grown from 20 to 30 to 50 to 100 you know it's like you get these things where it's like your space quickly runs out when right. you're small and you're growing. Um, so four or five years is still very early. Yes. And, right. uh, and it's you know, crazy. You're in, a, you're in a city now right. or a bigger city than Joplin at least. Right. Um, but even in that, you know, when you say you might have some traditions and things set in stone, yeah. like, yeah, we, we op, we've operated a certain way before I got there, mm-hmm. but I got there after COVID. And so the summer that I got there, last summer it was like we had really just started getting back into like going back to church yeah and so in the COVID time like the three volunteer leaders who were running that ministry all stepped out 
And it was a season of just like, hey, like one person had a kid and wanted to go be a dad, like make sure they were like taking care of the kid. The other person was super burnt out. Yeah. Another guy was just like, COVID's happening. We're not doing anything. So I'll just, I'm just out, you know, yeah. taking a break, had been burnt out serving for so long. And sure. so it was just like, we're kind of starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's and like you're a, new. Yeah. And I'm new. So it's like, <laughs> hey, new guy. Yeah. Hey, since you don't Be know anybody, here. can you find people to help? <laughs> like, sure, since so, I don't know anybody, oh, I'll try to, yeah. I guess I'll meet someone. Dude, so for the first two months, we survived. That yeah. was what we did. It was a matter of, all right, I need to learn everything mm-hmm. about everything yep. and survive <clears throat> and not try to do anything crazy, not trying to do anything too new, but mm-hmm. just to keep us stable until we're at a spot where it's like, okay, now I actually can provide creativity yeah. in the midst of all of this. So sometimes it's that it's that boring work though, where you're like, man, not necessarily boring, but it's like it's the backbreaking, ground laying stuff that you build the art on. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about it in terms of like a, a a great monument, like, um, the Eiffel Tower, no one's ever like, dude, the concrete they poured for the Eiffel Tower is lit. You know, it's like <laughs> it's concrete. Yeah, yeah nobody's okay, like- but guess what? The Eiffel Tower stands on that concrete is concrete and yeah. there's probably infrastructure that goes down into the ground mm-hmm. that allows you to go that high above exactly. the earth but it's like that's not fun to talk about right that, you don't even take pictures of it no you know there's no like this might even be one of the early, only conversations in the world where someone's talking about the concrete yeah underneath something that people love to look at right take pictures with mm-hmm. and do all this cool stuff you know so it's like that is a lot of times you know, I've experienced this. A lot of times you go through laying on the groundwork for somebody else to build their tower. Mm-hmm. And that can be humbling, frustrating. It de- it de- I think it depends on, I think it depends on the angle that you come at it with. Yeah. So for these guys who are amazing men who I still get to serve with sometimes and still get to see around the church, like for them, they're finally getting rest mm-hmm. and they're finally like, Hey, we don't have to stress about yeah. The behind the scenes nuances, ins and outs of this ministry anymore. We can just either serve here or just attend and continue to serve this church in a different way. Yeah. And I think that's where they've been at. And they've been super encouraging and super empowering, just like, hey, like you're doing a great job. Like keep what you're doing, go and keep it happening. Cause for me, you know, as far as church cultures, I've jumped around into a few different drastic a few drastically different church cultures. So you know, going from a very traditional black Baptist background mm-hmm. where we're going choirs and organs and praise breaks and all that yep. to then going to College Heights, which was the my intro to contemporary worship. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, some some pretty creative liturgy, liturgy things mm-hmm. here and there, some pretty creative song stuff here and there to then yep. go to Hope City, which was my first full time ministry position. Right. Where it was all about like you know we're being super creative we're getting outside of the box this Full is production be, lots of lights, oh man it lots was of planning, insane service to the second yes you know, it you was plan everything it was wild very tight yes yeah. very much so tight knit to now be at a church plant that's like hey we want to like modernize ourselves a yeah. bit but there's some places that we don't want to go and there's <laughs> some things that we don't want to do. But at the same time, we want you to be as creative as possible. Yeah. Here's the keys. Go for a drive. Just don't take this road, this road, this road, this road, this road, <laughs> but we want to get there. And, and that's the like, thing, too. You know, okay, let's figure it out. But but the what surprised me was it it wasn't so hard-pressed. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be a very concrete, like, we operate like this. Yeah. Because, you know, I was just coming off of Hope City, and Hope City was, like, down to the wire. Yeah. Like, we're well, and it's a bigger structure, though. Like, Correct. You, you now sit in more of a... For lack of better terms, you're you're in control. Like you have the driver's yes, wheel. Right, right like you have the steering is. wheel. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of guide the the places that you end up taking the vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, and how fast you go with the vehicle right, and right. 
how hard you turn, right. you know, how smooth or, you know, if you turn the music up or not, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you control the whole experience of the travel. Correct. As for before, you used to be in the passenger seat, maybe Correct. saying, hey, you're going to take a turn here in a second. Yeah. And the driver could go, yeah, I don't want to. I know a better route. Or they could go, okay, and take the yeah. turn, you know. Yeah. So it's like a very different structure right. now for you too and that's right cool. and that yeah and it's it's been super 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 interesting too like being in the midst of all of it and like having that that insight and like bringing things to the table i think the biggest thing has been i mean we could talk about worship culture for the next 20 hours if we wanted to you know and really break <laughs> that i don't down want and get to after it I, assume <laughs> that you did it I think the biggest thing creativity wise was not even necessarily the music though mm-hmm. it's not necessarily you know the planning it's the communication of the gospel every single week. Yeah, the pastoring. Yeah, and so for us, you know, that was that was a role that I had a lot less experience in. Yeah, that it's taken me a while to be able to grow and get to. Yeah, uh, we operate in the gospel rhythm, so for us, it's like if we communicate the gospel and that's what you walk away with, mm-hmm. then we've done our job well. Yeah. Like as long as you know the gospel, because that's your salvation. Cool. Yep. That's how we operate. So throughout the gathering, we're singing, we're the sermon. Sometimes we'll do poetry. Sometimes we'll do spoken words. Like sometimes we'll do scripture readings or yep. like just big prayer moments. Just walking through this liturgy or something like that. But it's every week is something different. Like that's the biggest thing. But at the same time, we want to communicate the gospel message the exact same way. Right. Because that's the most foundational truth in our faith. And like there's, we we also say the gospel is true. There's nothing to hide. So it's like, we communicate that truth over and over again in different ways to reach different people. Just so people know like, hey, no matter what you've been through or what you Mm -hmm. got, bring it to the table because you don't have to hide that because of what Jesus has already done. I mean, every everything is communicate the gospel mm-hmm. and we'll go from there type of yeah. thing, you know. And it's been great. It's been a blast to try to do, like, not the same thing every single week. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not saying, you know, like, that's what's been happening over the right. years. I've already done that. I can't do it. You're not going right. that attitude. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a blast to say, okay, this week we're going to sing a song. Like, this coming, we're going to sing a song. We're going to read some scripture talking about sin and how sin leads to death. Yay. And then we're going to sing a song. Everybody clap along. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to sing a song about said sin and what Christ did and how he died to rescue us from that. Then we're going to read another scripture all together about how the wages of sin was death. Yes. But because of Christ, we have the the free gift of eternal Mm -hmm. life through grace, through faith in him. And then we're going to sing a song about that. And then we're going to go into the message and then come back and respond to the gospel with a couple of other songs, stuff like that. Is that what you're doing this week? That's this week. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds fresh. Sounds like you're like, I got this in my mind. Yeah. I'm going to execute this exactly. in a couple days. Exactly. And so like that's this week, for example. But, yeah, it's cool. you know, last week it was, it was a little different. We sang two songs and then we had this huge prayer moment of like, mm-hmm. hey, what are, you, what, are you, what are you carrying right now that's burdening you? Yeah. Sit in that. Which, yeah, you know, those are, for instance, like you're talking about all these different church experiences. Yeah. You know, and I think that, the thing that you picked up in each of those is not to mm-hmm. say this one's better than this one or this one's not as good as this one. Correct. That's but not it's to case. say this experience offered my soul and and even as I observe other people, it mm-hmm. offered people who are anxious and full of depression. Mm-hmm. It offered them space to be them. And then you come over here and you say, you know, I like what this did. And I think that this offered people who who have something to celebrate Mm-hmm. a way to celebrate it with yeah. their community yes absolutely and so you kind of get all these little things and like now and you're in this thing called a church plant which a lot of people who are churchgoers are like yeah, yeah we think we know what that means but it always means something different <laughs> you know where you're at yep and uh i think what it is is it's 
it's an attempt to take the best of what you've experienced for different types of people mm-hmm. and give that to them. Yeah. And it's an attempt to avoid all of the, um, the recoil. Yeah. All of the, not necessarily the, you're not, you're not people pleasing, but mm-hmm. it's, you're trying to avoid all of the mistakes that other people or other structures rather right. created, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the clickishness or the, um, shallowness or, yeah. you know, whatever problem yeah. that you may or may not have had as a community, because honestly, even if you're not a, like a Christian, a believer, like communities are so important. Yes. You very. Know? And, and they're built on hopefully the best mm-hmm. of everyone's experience. Yeah. And I think that that's like, that's what I'm hearing from you is that now in this church plan role, you're, mm-hmm. you got the steering wheel, but you're like, Hey, I, I, I love how my mom drives when we go on road trips, but I think I'd rather drive like my dad in the city. Yes, exactly. You know? you know, it's 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 taking the ultimate blend of like, okay, here we did really cool stuff. I don't like that. Here we did something different, but it was really cool. I want to take that too. Like here I learned this. Like here I learned that. Yeah. And you get to take all of that and put it all together. And like I think that's that's only one of the many options of like how mm-hmm. to go about life experiences. Yeah. But in my case, like that is exactly what it is. It's mm-hmm. taking the most formative parts that I've experienced in every area yeah. and just applying them all in one spot like at one place i learned how important community and how important team and that whole aspect of it was and messy it it can be messy but the results are worth it absolutely and so bringing that to the table here alongside the musicality that i learned from a different place alongside the like scriptural density and the importance of prayer moments and the importance of actually like diving into the word not just in the Having sermon. a backbone. It's not just entertainment. Yes, absolutely. Like that aspect of it as well yeah. that I draw from somewhere else. So it's like, and yep. it's, it's not just like where you've served that, but also where you've, what you've experienced, where you've been, you absolutely. know, and just learning so much. And like, even, even in a space like this, like in a podcast space, absorbing the experience and stories that other people share, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, even I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm thinking about some of my own experiences, but I'm hearing your experience and going, that was a little different than mine yeah. or in a lot of cases. That was very different than mine. Yeah. But that doesn't make either experience, again, better or worse. Correct. It just helps me to go, you know, there's something Jarrell brings to this world. And, you know, depending on your belief systems, like to faith and to communities, that I don't. And I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm grateful that he he brings a different thing than I do because, you know, there's probably something I also bring that right. isn't something that you think about right and we, and we just but it's talk. so cool because you know each of us get right and we mentioned the it, opportunity to do that we mentioned it a few minutes ago you know whether we were live or not i can't remember but you even talking about like you know like i'm a very logical creative yeah like you saying that about yourself yeah, and I'm just more like, logistical and right and i'm just like and, that's so awesome yeah. like you've got plans when you create yeah. i have zero plans when i create right but the fact like for me the spontaneity suits me better and like helps yeah. me in my area better but i'm so glad that you bring the logistics to yep. the table because it's like let's say if we're, if we're creating together right. you know i could think of something in the spontaneity and you're like hey that actually doesn't fully work yeah. because of xyz and like yeah. i don't even think about that or stuff. yeah actually that totally works but give me five minutes because i need to get these things ready exactly. so that we can see that exactly happen. yes that's that's more of my thing like i don't want to be the the naysayer mm-hmm. i want to say you you just have to maybe change your timeline or we need to change our budget yes. or we need to change our expectation right but i don't usually want to change the expectation because that's the thing people love the most is yeah. their idea mm-hmm. um so it's one of those things where i'm just like yeah you know i would rather say 
I know you really are excited. Give me five minutes to figure out some details. Yep. And then let's go. Absolutely. You know, which is a different type of creativity. Yeah. But still very, very, very creative and very sure. needed in yeah. in the world in that matter as well. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned budget. I'm just like, wow, I didn't even talk about <laughs> running a budget is wild. That's because you're bougie daddy. Listen, I, ain't, uh, I mean <laughs> I mean Compared, not really. Compared to me. I mean, compared to you, yeah. <laughs> but we come from different places, you know. You know I how mean, to go. You gotta be creative and express yeah, yourself. I mean, you're wearing ways. a nice, a nice jacket. Bro, this is from Target. Yeah, but you look nice. I mean, yeah. I look like a dad. I don't even have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't look at it. I can't look like a dad yet because I'm still yeah. single. So it's like oh, maybe maybe when married I'm married. For five years. Yeah. Maybe once I'm married, you Almost know. Oh, hello. Coming up. That's right. Coming up. Old. <laughs> so on that note, creativity and relationships. Yeah. What does that look like for you being married for almost six years? I'm asking you the questions now. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, look at you. Sold the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, it's like any relationship, you know. Like, for instance, like uh, my wife and I dated for two years before we were even engaged. Mm-hmm. And we were at Christian college then. So that's like 50 years for Christian college students <laughs> yeah. to date for two years. Yeah. There was literally people who got together after we started dating, married and had their first kid before we were engaged. So that's the express route. And for some reason they're like, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, But then they're like, don't date in high school. Never date, you know, whatever. Not, I'm not shaming anybody's standards, but I kind of am. So no shame. shame. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like every season comes with different stuff. And just like, you know, 18 year old Ashton was had different problems. Mm -hmm. Or dealt with things in different ways. I was more, you know, probably violent as far as like, not like mean, but mm-hmm. like volatile, I guess would be a better term. Is like I reacted very quickly and strongly to things. So if I didn't like it, yeah. you knew right away. Absolutely. And then 23-year-old Ashton, yeah, I didn't do that so much because like, I, I saw what it looked like to blow up and ruin friendships. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Do I still feel angry about that? Yes, but I learned different ways to push that out right and then same thing with like fun like i love having fun yes um you know but when you work a full-time job or you know you have things to get done you have a house to take care of you have a mm-hmm. yard to mow there you just you get all these things right. and they just kind of stack up because we're limited and then fun is like this distant idea and so i think that's currently where i'm at mm-hmm. is that um you know summer's coming up my wife's a teacher which is awesome mm-hmm. because you know that's three it's, whole months out of the year. Where it's not like, time off. It's called recovery time. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a little bit of time off in there. So, yeah. you know, she'll recover for a little bit. But some of that can also be taking a trip to Colorado and hanging mm-hmm. out with family or friends. That sounds awesome. Driving out to Oregon, hanging out on the beach and hoping to see a whale or two. You know, it's like yeah. we can go and do some fun things, mm-hmm. but you kind of save up for it. So, right. yeah, kind of right now it just kind of looks like, okay, you can't have everything this week or this weekend. Yeah. But how do you go ahead and make some plans? And then also, like, I don't necessarily make plans fully. This is where I'm like kind of a, annoying. I think <laughs> I annoy myself and I annoy other people because I'm like, yeah, I'm very logistical, mm-hmm. but like 50%. Right. Exactly. You know, it's like I've got a plan, but as soon as like we're doing the plan, I change it. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever is next is next. I don't it's, know, yeah. You know? It's a rough yeah. sketch. Right. So I'm like both spontaneous and not spontaneous. Right. Yeah. So it's, I think people are like, what? Are, I don't know what to expect from you. And I'm like, that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite in a way <laughs> too. Like I, uh, not, not married. So once again, single, but like even in dating, you know, for me, it's like, I can, if I start the plan, 
Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, somebody else carry it once we get going. But if mm-hmm. I don't start it and like it started for me or like it's more spontaneous, it's like, ooh, yeah. I've got so many ideas. Let's just go do them all. Yeah. You know, and so, and sometimes that works out super great. And other times it's like, okay, we can't do everything. <laughs> like you got to slow down. Yeah. Uh, but even in just like, I've had to, I mean, I've had to find the most creativity in just like, you know, starting relationships and like pursuing yeah. somebody, you know, it's, it's wild because in my brain, I'm like, I don't want to do the same thing twice. I kind of approach it the way I do ministry sometimes. It's like, okay, yeah, I could do this for this person. It'd be really great. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what if I did this two relationships ago? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want to recycle that. That's weird. You know? Yeah. Like, it just feels super, super strange sometimes. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, this is still a new thing. And yeah. it's going to look different and be received differently. Mm-hmm. And it's going to hit different in every single way, shape, or yeah. form because it's a different person. And so, yeah. like, that's the biggest thing like that, that I cling to. And that it's just like, yeah, like, it's okay to sometimes recycle things, but also, like, sure. in, in your process of recycling, you're like, oh, wait, no, like, I actually, like, this can be very specific to this person now because yeah. it's a completely different person. It's a completely different atmosphere. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought of something while you were saying some of those things that made me go, oh, yeah, I do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you were saying, like, yeah, sometimes you want to recycle, sometimes you don't. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so when we, we lived in an apartment after we first got married, and this was before, you know, TikTok and, you know, I guess YouTube and whatever. It's, it's fun to scare people. Whatever. Yeah, you're almost ancient. But I, I, don't know. I hate being scared. Okay. Like not being scared in my own house. Like yeah. I don't mind if someone surprises me or yeah. whatever. Like I don't mind being scared, like scary movie scared. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like turn the corner when I'm at home and have somebody be like, ah. <laughs> I don't want that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But now, so like I reacted so poorly one time <laughs> because... Taylor scared me and I dropped something and it made a big mess. Mm-hmm. And I was so pissed about the mess that I just <laughs> made that I didn't even laugh. I wasn't, ha- I was just like immediately stoic. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that wasn't fun. <laughs> but now like that was such a traumatic response where I just like all the emotion just like drained out of my body. It was mm-hmm. like, oh no, I did something bad. Yeah. That. Now she's like terrified to do that. And mm. like, even when we're just like joke around with friends, she'd be like, oh yeah, Ashton hates being scared. And she'll just like, she like pushes so hard on that. And I'm like, I mean, I still don't want you to scare me, but like, <laughs> right. I don't think, I think now I'm in a, just a, a, more, a better place where if you did that, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't freak out. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then you can't like, you can't like go back and tell your significant other, like, hey, you know, you scared me and I didn't react yeah. super well to it. You should try it again. Cause then now you're expecting it. And like now you're yeah. not scared. Well, like, and the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Right. Exactly. And so I can say it, but in but the moment, what are you actually going to do? Is she like, is she so afraid of like me being just like stoic and mm-hmm. like, I don't want to talk about this. Like yeah. I'm mad <laughs> and to go for a drive type of thing. Right. Uh, which it sounds petty, but you know, sometimes when you're at home, you're just like trying to chill or whatever, you know, exactly. you're in a different mood. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're not putting any fronts on, mm-hmm. but so anyway, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, if I can, if I could go back, I would redo my reaction there mm-hmm. because I don't mind being scared. And I actually would love to scare her more often, but it's not fair. Right. Cause you can <laughs> so scare like, her and then she can't scare you back. Right. So I, I don't scare her, but I'm like, especially now that, you know, that's hilarious on TikTok. I mm-hmm. watch people scare people all day. I'm like, dang it. I'm going to do that. But I know it's just like one of those things. It's like, bro, do it and record change. it. Do it for the TikTok and then <laughs> yeah. see what her reaction is. Okay. And then be prepared for the war that you will have started by true. striking first. But that's, I think that's one of the other problems is I don't have a ceiling. So when it escalates, I just keep going. Yeah. Like I will always get the last <laughs> word. I, we have this term called pole vaulting. Okay. Yeah. Where 
So like I don't just cross lines if things are like awkward or weird or whatever. Uh, I just pole vault over them. Yeah. So it's like if somebody makes something kind of weird, rather than just crossing the line and be like, oh, that's too far. Like I'll just like launch over it <laughs> and say something that's just like, oh no, that's morbid. Or you are, have you seen New Girl? Your prank Sinatra. Uh, I haven't seen that. Oh, rip. No. But like for instance, there was this is a I'm I don't know if I should even share this, but I'm gonna say this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was taking some photos with a friend the other day, and uh, there was this bike on the side of the road or whatever. And it was, a, it was basically an honor of somebody. <laughs> and I just like, I didn't know how to react. Like I felt uncomfortable rather than being like, Oh, that's so sad. And I was like, I don't know. I said something super insensitive, uh, but it was like, Whoa. And as soon as I did it, I was like, tried to change the subject. I was like <laughs> super like embarrassed, but I just pull vaulted way over right, right. rather than being like, Oh, that's sad. Or saying something that's kind of like, yeah. Oh, too bad he's dead now. You know, it's like rather than just kind of doing it, right. I like say something that's like way over. Whoa. The top. Yeah. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> and do like, I mean, but like contextually, like, you know, like if you would have done that with me, like I would have died laughing because of yeah. how wild that would have been. <laughs> and then we could have moved on. <laughs> that's the but. problem, is that I love reactions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like when a if a kid does something bad and you laugh, they're like, Oh yeah. And then they keep doing it. And then right. when you're like, stop doing that, they're like, But you thought it was funny. Right, exactly. Which is also my problem with children is I just I'll always play too hard. And mm -hmm. then as soon as I'm done playing, they're not. Right. And I'm like, stop punching me. And I'm like, like, but no, punching you, you two seconds ago just, was hilarious. Right, exactly. Yeah, but I'm an adult, so I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that word. But you laughed the first time I said it. Well, it's not right. a good word. Don't say it. It's like, yeah. You got to watch everything you do. With oh, yeah. Kids. I taught, uh, I accidentally teach kids things on all the time. Like oh when gosh. I was at church, like uh, our, you know, Colby Allen. Yeah. So he, his little kids, I don't know, he's probably two or three, whatever. And uh, he walks up to me at church uh, like a month ago. And uh, <laughs> he's like just kind of hovering around. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him and then I like like turned my back to him and I, and I was like made a little toot sound. Oh my God. <laughs> just like, I was like, ha I tooted. And he's like, oh, this guy's fun. And so he starts <laughs> doing exactly what I just did right. where he's walking up to people and tooting on them. Oh no. Like, but making sound with his mouth. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and so his, his mom walks by and is like, listen, I'm so sorry. I don't have children, so I don't think about this. <laughs> but I taught your child that it's funny to walk up to people he doesn't know and toot on them. <laughs> so I'm really sorry. Oh, my gosh. And, and, you know, she handles it like a champ. She's right. like, buddy, you only do that joke with Ashton. Remember? So that's just your joke. You don't do that anywhere. So I'm like, pro mom. That's legit. You know, but I'm just like. Still gives the, still gives the access, but right. with parameters. So, but I'm like, regardless, I'm, I'm always like that. Dang it. I forgot that three-year-olds are impressionable. I thought yeah. everybody's impressionable, you know. Yeah. But then I'm like, don't do that. Stop doing that. Golly. That's like they don't respect me anymore. Right. Now I'm like, I'm a, I'm a large three-year-old in their mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a big old three-year-old. Probably an apt description, though. Pretty much. My internal world. Large three-year-old. <laughs> there's your four words for yourself. Okay. Well, a large three-year-old. Hmm. I can't tell if Jarrell just called me that or if I did that to myself, but either way, it's kind of true, so I'll take it. Hey, if you want to keep the party going with Jarrell, follow him on Instagram at Jarrell Jackson. He really is a walking party. He posts a ton of delicious food, a ton of good vibes, and his food will make you mad you went to Taco Bell instead of just calling him up and saying, make me some of that. Also, I am super, super stoked about all of the guests coming up. New episode every single Tuesday for this typical creative podcast. And as always, creatives, I hope you're finding creativity in your lives. And until next Tuesday, stay creative. See ya.